Welcome to today's Pro AV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm Sean Heath. Today's conversation goes into the future, as I have the chance to talk to Mike Ireland, the National Technology Manager at NG Services, that's E-N-G-I-E Services, in Melbourne, Victoria. Mike, how are you today? I'm well, thank you, Sean. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm going to start this interview off right from the get-go. What's it like to live in the future? Because it's tomorrow where you are. Do we have flying cars yet? <laughs> Not quite. Um, I, I believe there's some pretty fancy looking drones uh, around the Melbourne area. But I've got to say that cars are probably still a couple of years off down here. So one day is probably not going to give us enough time. Well, I can always count on the Aussies. I believe in you. Thank you very much. <laughs> we appreciate your support. Whenever something good happens, you definitely get there first. Give me a little bit of your background, if you would, and how you found your way to National Technology Manager there at NG Services. Um, well, my history is probably a little bit colorful, I say. Um, my, my background started off just as a, a musician and a music enthusiast. So um, I guess I cut my teeth in the audiovisual industry. Uh, primarily just kicking around with bands, uh, doing some live sound engineering, um, and then found my way into the studio environment. And that's probably where I really fell in love with audio as a whole, um, was just spending time in, in the studio and uh, composing production and, and working with various bands and those sorts of things. Um, and as most people who have delved in that sort of area, I suppose, soon realize is that in a monetary sense, um, there isn't all that much of, uh, of a career in it. And I guess with the, you know, the changes that we experienced in the recording industry in the late 90s, early 2000s, it definitely alerted me to the fact that I needed to change uh, my skill set a little bit just to make sure that I was employable, um, had a long-term future. For me, that then involved going back to uni um, and getting some official qualifications in uh, audio engineering and, and uh, acoustics. Uh, which then took me back into the pro audio realm, but as obviously is a bit more of a, a recognized professional. And then I guess the natural extension from uh, audio becomes visual and, uh, and hence here we are in AV. Having come from the creative background and now being on the technical side, I'm not saying you've become a suit. I'm saying you have brought with you that creative sort of mindset that you can apply to your technical solutions. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? A hundred percent. I definitely live by that creative sort of streak. And I, and I think that's probably the thing that's given me, uh, I won't necessarily say an advantage, but an obvious uh, different point of view to quote unquote, the suits. Um, I'm definitely not a suit. I spend most of my time at work in, uh, in jeans and t-shirts. But yeah, I think having that creative footing is definitely something that sort of challenges the convention of an industry that is inherently built on technology because, you know, technology tends to have a, you know, a, a delimited existence and, and you must function with inside these squares in order to achieve this outcome. And I think, you know, again, that the changes that we've seen in the various technology industries in the past 10 or so years have really been led by the creative. So I consider myself fortunate to have had that creative upbringing that then allows me to sort of look at solutions in technology from a, from a few different angles. Some of the most important technological advances in the world of music, in the world of AV, have come from artists. If Les Paul doesn't design his first guitar, who knows what music sounds like today? 
Most definitely. Look, you know, and, and you see it with, the, you know, the Steve Jobses of the world, you know, the Elon Musks of the world, you know, the people that, that just come at something with a challenge for, for convention. I, I initially went to university the first time and studied computer science, and that was in the early 2000s. And, and for me, that just wasn't the right fit because it was technology delivered in a very, you know, very delimited existence. And it was that this is how things must be in order to converse with computers. And I, it just didn't, didn't fly for me. So yeah, I've always been driven by that creativity. And, uh, and you know, you're 100% right in saying that um, it's the, you know, it's the creative few, I guess, that really push the boundaries of what's possible. How have you seen from a creative and from a technical side, how have you seen a way that technology is making an impact on, say, communication or collaboration within the pro-AV space? Um, I think we're seeing a lot more communication happening you know, in a little bit less, um, I think if the word I'm trying to find, it, it's far less obtrusive now. Like it's it's not necessarily communication for communication's sake. And I think when you start to look at some of the technologies that have merged within, you know, digital signage in a consumer space, um, you know, content on demand in a retail space, you know, large-scale LED billboards on the side of freeways and things like that, you know, that, that forms this new methodology of advertising and communication that is done beautifully. It's far more exciting than the way we used to see articles in magazines and things on TV. We're sort of bringing audio visual in the surrounding environment. Um, and then you see the same thing happening, you know, in the business space. You see it happening with things like um, Cisco Sparkboard and Google Jamboard. And you're seeing collaboration and interaction between people uh, happening in a far more sort of fluid, organic manner, as opposed to traditional video conference calls or, or you know, dial-in conference calls. But I think I think the one thing that it's definitely changing is the way that uh, we're communicating to each other, and and the way the market is communicating to the consumer. Now, speaking about markets, do you notice a market difference between the way the U.S. markets approach Pro-AV and the way that it's approached in, say, Australia, New Zealand, and that part of the world? Do you see a big difference? I think there are some differences. At the end of the day, business is business, and I think the way that we all approach business is similar. I think if there's anything to take from the culture of Australia, it's probably just the, the way of doing business is a little bit more, a little bit more casual, a little bit more friendly, a little bit sort of based around, you know, the old mate fashion of, of doing business where we really build our, our relationships with our customers around the relationship. And I mean, you know, getting sales and, and doing business at the big end of town is obviously a really important thing. But I think given that our market space is so much smaller than the US market as well, we have to be really, really cautious about how we go about engaging with our clients because word spreads quick in a small town. And, and when you compare the two markets, you know, we're probably a bit more small town on the global scale given uh, comparison to the US. So when you see a new innovation coming around the corner, when you see a possible new technology you have an ability to, to sort of focus on that because you don't have all of the noise, say that a larger city, metaphorically speaking, all that noise that they have to filter out in order to focus on the job. And you have the ability to sort of close out all the deadly spiders and dangerous plants and gray white sharks. And when you're not running for your life, <laughs> 
you can actually focus fairly well on the task at hand and on these new innovations that are coming out. Is there anything that really has you excited that you've seen coming down the pike? There's always the dichotomy of, you know, where do you position yourself on the bleeding edge versus the cutting edge, right? And I think, again, you know, in our market, we're, we're definitely very conscious of making sure something is tried and tested before we take it to the consumer space. If there's anything, I guess, that's exciting me more and more, I think it's it's where we're going in the collaborative environment. I think things like Cisco Sparkboard and Google Jamboard are probably the things that I think are changing the way that that things are done. You know, LED screens get bigger, they get brighter. PA systems get more powerful and the boxes get smaller. But there's probably nothing that's really changing the way that people go about doing business more than the collaborative space. The other thing I guess that's that's pretty exciting at the moment is, you know, the convergence of the audiovisual space onto the IP network. You know, that's something that is proving to be really effective in the way that content is delivered and managed. The downside, I think, that that we're pressed with here in Australia, we have some of the worst internet and networking that you'll see in the world. Uh, We are miles behind countries like the US, um, and I think we're even behind countries like Slovakia, um, as far as, you know, our bandwidth and our infrastructure. So, yes, AV over IP is a really exciting environment. However, not as easy to implement in a country like ours because we just don't have the infrastructure to support those sorts of bandwidths yet. I feel at this point I should make some sort of joke about you may be behind in IPs, but you lead the world in IPAs. I feel like I should make some hipster joke about beer, but I don't know if it's appropriate. <laughs> I uh, No, no, it's definitely appropriate. It was only just last weekend I was at a bar and I was staring at a tap that had something like 13 different beers to choose from. You know, I just end up going with a whiskey. Because it's too hard. There's just too many choices. You know, that's a good problem to have, my friend. Well, I am so thankful that you took time for us today. And I hope you stay safe down under. I don't want to hear a story about you were walking along, minding your own business. And, oh, look at this plant. And, you know, it ate you. Just don't let that happen, please. So sometimes the uh, the most dangerous thing that we go through in a day here is the visit to the letterbox that's accompanied uh, by the illustrious black widow spider or the red back, as we call it in Australia. Um, sometimes the the riskiest thing can be going to get the mail. Yeah, that's a big it's a big old can of no. <laughs> Hey, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time. Now, let me ask you this question. What was your specialty when you were in music? What was your instrument? Uh, I grew up playing drums uh, and moved into bass guitar or bass, um, as you'd call it. And and then for me, it was really about the electronic music movement. Um, and I guess my uh, probably most proficient instrument at this point in time is the PC. Marvelous. I like it. When is the last time you actually sat down and composed something? Uh, that would have been probably about 18 hours ago. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I can be found in the studio most nights of the week, uh, just chipping away at little solo projects. You know what? I like a man who has his priorities straight. Mike, thanks again so much for your time. I hope you have a wonderful day or a bonzer afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I've had the opportunity to talk with the one and only Mike Ireland, National Technology Manager at NG Services in Melbourne, Victoria. Mike, thanks so much. We'll see you around. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for your time. All right. Bye now. Bye.